Hello and welcome to our first inaugural pilot edition of Parkour Ed. My name is Colin Daly and I will be your host today. And we have several visitors and we have some visitors piped in from the internet. And our goal today is to share with you how we got here, what we're doing, what we all have in common, and maybe some of our differences. So I'd like to start off by having my guests introduce themselves. Julie, why don't you start? Hi, yes, I'm Julie Taylor, and I'm the history geography teacher here for the international section. Thank you, and thank you very much for being here on a Friday afternoon. You're welcome. We have a holiday starting soon, and it's hard to get volunteers. You were right <laughs> and ready to go. I appreciate it. And you, Patricia, how, how can you let people know who you are and what you're doing? Bonjour, I'm Patricia Zanbrescher. I'm a kindergarten teacher in Lycée Francais de Singapore. I'm an artist as well, but this is another story. Well, great. I'd love to get to that story. Uh, we're going to get to that and some other things during our talk today. So I'm going to let you enjoy this song for a second. It's called Lolo Bosa, and it was written by Loris Marcel. And for those of you with a good ear, you will recognize its resemblance to our school bell. Thank you to Loris and his band for allowing us to use this music. Well, let's just get started. Um, I'm going to let you know, first of all, the reason I wanted to make a podcast was so that we could learn how to use this fabulous equipment. But on top of that, I figured the thing that we all have in common here at LFS is that we work here. That doesn't sound like much. It is a lot. However, I'm American. You're British. You're French. We've all had different experiences that brought us here no two people are alike in this building and so I thought it'd be interesting to talk about those differences so um, before we do that I've got a little sound bite that I'd like your take on um, because one of the things I heard from many French teachers when I first got here was that uh, they'd worked in the ZEP you know oh, which yes. is a zone for priority education yes. and uh, I think we can all agree we're lucky to work here at mm -hmm. uh, the Singapore French School, Lycée Français de Singapore. Uh, but every time I hear, hear uh, colleagues tell me that they worked in the ZEP, um, I think of this, this excerpt that I'm going to play for you right now from Key and Peel. All right, listen up, y'all. I'm y'all substitute teacher, Mr. Garvey. I taught school for 20 years in the inner city, so don't even think about messing with me. Y'all feel me? Okay, let's take a roll here. Jay Quellen. Where's Jay Quellen at? No Jay Quellen here? Yeah. Uh, do you mean Jacqueline? Okay, so that's how it's gonna be. Y'all wanna play. Okay then. I've got my eye on you, Jay Quellen. All right, the classic Key and Peele speech. So as I was saying, a lot of my colleagues that I've met told me stories of their working in the ZEP in France and how they're so happy to be here now where we have such mm. a luxurious place to teach. I have to say, I've never worked in a ZEP. I've never worked in the ghetto. I've never worked in a rough school. I've been very lucky to have worked in excellent schools. And part of that is because... Um, you know, I went to a good school myself, and I competed for a job and got hired by a good school, which is different from the French system, I've been told. So 
I'd like to know your experiences. Have you taught in ZEP schools? Have you taught in uh, excellent schools? Have you, you know, anybody want to jump in first? Well, I haven't taught at any school apart from this one, but I have worked extensively with the media. So does that count me as having worked with difficult people? Uh, <laughs> I, I think we can agree that it does, yeah. <laughs> um, I think the uh, you're absolutely right. The school here is wonderful. There's a magnificent, there's a, a wonderful level of uh, service here for the students, for the staff, for the parents. It's a great environment to work in, you know, and uh, hopefully the kids feel the same way when they come to school every morning. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think they do. At least we, we're in the secondary. So our, our kids express how they feel uh, very readily. Uh, yeah. Patricia, you're in the uh, you're in the uh, in the preschool, not preschool, what we would no, call the it's kindergarten. Jardin d'enfant, kindergarten. Kindergarten. Yeah, yeah. So they look pretty happy to come every day. Yeah. And uh, it's a very cool environment, and uh, also the the surroundings of the school and Singapore, of course, makes it, uh, gives it this uh, nice atmosphere. Um, so to reply to your question, yes, yeah. I, I did work in a um, uh, few uh, different environments. Um, the last but not least was a Reunion Island in a school where the neighbor school had a ZEP uh, authorization. So we envied the people who worked in ZEP because they had the means. So we oh. had the same families they and the same kids, but we did not have the means. So that you got extra funds from the government because it was an education priority zone, yes. which we call a ZEP yes. in French, right? So okay. we did not because we were not eligible. Uh, we had less uh, families that were uh, under this uh, categorization. So when I first arrived in Singapore, the, the first incident in my class was a student uh, spilled some orange juice on the floor. Yeah. And the child who came to address me said, uh, teacher, I think we have a kind of a little problem here. And I was like, oh my God, you know, compared to the students I had the year before, it was like, where am I? You know, like in in a in a environment where the kids have such a nice uh, vocabulary and um, they could uh, speak speak up and speak out and speak to the teacher. Address me like that's yeah. that's lovely. You know, I, I, is it uh, is it common for teachers in France to start in a in a school that has a, a need for? Um, for educational priority, a place like a ZEP? It uh, used to be because uh, the, the, um, nobody wants to work there, so they would take the beginners. And if you, if you want to have a position, you just accept whatever. That's wherever yes. your academy sends yes. you to, basically, right? I think that's very similar to Britain as well. The, okay. the least experienced teachers get put in the toughest schools. Um, and I don't know if that's really fair actually to anybody <laughs> uh, it's not fair You're to the right. students because they need they need the teachers with the greatest experience to help them um, and of course the teachers who need the greatest support need to know that they can turn their back and write on the board without something being thrown at them yeah i see <laughs> yeah, you know, we need some training as well and to definitely. be to to be um to reach the level to be eligible for training, you need to be five years in front of uh, such classes. 
But isn't that the same in any piece, in any place of work, though? Well, it's would, you need the experience to get the great jobs, but to get the great jobs, you need the experience. And I think that's something our students struggle with when they come to go to for job interviews or you know placement stage interviews. Yeah. Have you had experience? Well, no, because I'm young and I'm looking for experience. <laughs> Interesting. Well, I think that my experience as a, as a teacher in the United States was um, we needed to get have teaching experience before we entered teaching school, which we paid for ourselves. And I thought that was a catch-22. How do I get experience to be a teacher if I'm not a teacher? And that's mm -hmm. what led me to teaching in Asia in Taiwan. So before I was a trained teacher, I was uh, a teacher, and I stumbled into a job at the French school in Taipei by chance, thanks to rugby and meeting fellow teachers out on the playground, uh, playing, or uh, not the playground, but the rugby pitch. Yeah. And in teaching, uh, realizing that I need to know how to do it. Uh, I can't just do it without learning how to do it and be good at it. So, so that's what led me back to school to become a teacher. You have some mm. experience with that too, don't you, Julie? Can you yes. talk to that? Yes, teaching's my second career. Right. And I'm very proud of my first career, actually. As I said, I, I work with the media. I had a long career in public relations mm -hmm. in the city of London. And... It gave me a great basis um, for a, a great range of skills in public speaking, in addressing different publics, in distilling down information into bite-sized chunks that could be um, understood by various different publics, and uh, a broader sense of business strategy and business development. Now, teaching, you could say, is very different, but I would argue it's actually very similar. I have very many different publics, my students of various ages, and when you communicate with parents, you use different skills to the way you communicate with your, your kids. So um, I think it's got a great, uh, great synergy, and I would say that anybody, if you want to move into teaching as a second career, do it, because this is so satisfactory. I get so much pleasure from my job. And uh, as we were saying, fantastic school to work in. And I stumbled into this job too. A long time ago, 10 years ago, the school was very different. And a friend of a friend said, we need English teachers, supply teachers, come along. <laughs> Yeah. And uh, that's Luck how I got my first job. Was Lucky for us and the kids, oh. in my opinion. <laughs> well, well, and yeah. as a matter of fact, I know that you do have to go teach right now. I do. Because not only are we all fascinating individuals with an amazing history, but we have classes to teach too. So we're going to say goodbye to Julie for now. Thank you for having me. And thank you for being here. And see you next time. <laughs> but Patricia, you oh, and I can, we can, we can continue. Um, we're going to be joined in a little bit by another colleague who is just finishing a class. Uh, before that happens, though, I thought we could just take a little detour and, and think. Uh, I've got a little recording here. Um, a couple of tips for new teachers, and I'd like to get your take on this. This is something I've, I discovered, and I just want to see what you think about it. Here we go. Number one, teachers need to, to know how to use whatever uh, presentation material they want to use. If you're going to use a board, you need to know how to use a board. You 
you, you may think I'm crazy. Yes, well, I just write on the board. Well, no, it's not that simple. You need to know how to use a board. And if it's an interactive whiteboard you're using, you need to know how to use an interactive whiteboard. If it's a projector with a computer, you need to know how to, or vice versa, you need to know how to use it. Number two. You need to have a clear view about what correction is for. The more I think about it, and I've been thinking about it a lot recently, I don't think you can leave correction to be done just by instinct. It's something you need to think about. All right, so uh, a little bit of advice for for all teachers, especially new teachers. The first one, if you have tools, know how to use them. And the second bit of advice, uh, focusing on why you're evaluating. What are you, what are you testing kids for? So those are, those are two bits of advice. My, my, my question to you would be, um, do you agree with those uh, two bits of advice? Uh, do you have other bits of advice? Um, and how does that apply to your practice as a as a maternelle or kindergarten teacher? I would skip the second one, but keep the first one because I think that um, the, as well, it was a very fun part. If you remember the, those arts, uh, art classes, uh, they always start with a slideshow and uh, it never works. So this was uh, very funny because even in uh, in uh, Ecole des Beaux-Arts, School of Fine Arts, the equipment was uh, very, uh, very good equipment and uh, the school was very well equipped and organized. But still the, the teacher came in and the the machines didn't work or she forgot the slides, but it was part of the folkloric uh, uh, surrounding of the school. Um, if I may add, uh, Colin, uh, two pieces of advice for uh, new teachers would be more on a human scale. I would say don't be scared. Think that your students and your families are as scared as you are the first day. And um, the, the second thing is um, uh, don't um, put yourself forward as a teacher. So as uh, Julie and you mentioned, we all started like the first day we were not teachers and we felt like we, we are frauds. And so you stand in front of a class and you speak up as a teacher. So be a teacher at once. Excellent, excellent advice. Thank you very much. And we have just been joined by a new panelist today. Can you introduce yourself, Leticia? Tell Hello. us who you are. Yes, so I'm Leticia Gilbert, and I'm a teacher in the secondary. I'm uh, so happy you joined us. You just finished teaching, right? Yes. So are you done for the week? <laughs> I'm done for the week. And for two weeks holiday, that's great. Exactly. I, we appreciate you staying after school and uh, participating in this, our first pilot episode of Parkour Ed. I'm Colin Daly. You are Leticia Gilbert. And you are Patricia Zandbrecher. Zandbrecher. And we had a visit from Julie Taylor, who has already gone back to class. We are discussing what we have in common and what's different about our practice in maternelle kindergarten, in secondary school, and also in secondary school in English. And we're talking in English. Thank you to our French participants for making an effort for us. We really appreciate it. Um, before we go on to the next topic, I'm going to give us a little sound bite again. This is something I found on the LFS website, and I was just wondering if you guys are aware of this. Give it a listen. Here we go. Two campuses and three schools on an area of 54,000 M squared. More than 2,800 students representing 60 nationalities. 
100% success at the baccalaureate in 2017 and 90% of distinctions. More than 60 extracurricular activities per week, close to 2,000 students enrolled throughout the year. More than one event every day and more than 30 visits of celebrities per year. More than 20 school trips organized every year. 380 employees of which 71% are women. More than 110 buses carrying students to school every day. 2,200 meals served by Sodexo. So that was LFS by the numbers, and that's right off of our website. And I took that, and there were a lot of numbers. I'm sure you couldn't retain them all. But the no. one, <laughs> one that jumped out at me was 71% of our workforce is a woman. Our, our, our woman. teachers are <laughs> women. And yeah. my first nine years. See, my, we are two, you're, you're, you're by yourself. It's <laughs> correct. My, my first nine years at this school, I was teaching elementary school. And I must say that I was surprised at how many men there were because in the United States, elementary school teaching or primary school teaching is sometimes considered what we call a pink collar job. What's your take on that? Like, um, jumping on what you just said, I didn't imagine that we were more women than men because, in fact, like, looking around me, I have the impression that it's quite equal and I'm very happy that, uh, I mean, it's here, I have the impression that it's both a job for women and for men, which which should be like that everywhere. I mean, yeah. it seems very normal to me. Mm. Yeah, in, in kindergarten, we love to have uh, male colleagues because uh, it gives it an, another twist and a, a nice energy to, to see the kids uh, around also uh, men and uh, yeah, so I we see. don't feel like we are just a, a bunch of women taking care of small kids but it feels more it, it's very anti-feminist what I'm saying but I assume it, that uh, it's like we are a team and we, we do work together uh, for, the, for the good of the, the students interesting interesting I, um, I'm a foreign language teacher by trade I started uh, my first license was teaching French and when I started in my first school um, I was one of the few male foreign language teachers because in the United States foreign language teaching is also considered oftentimes a pink collar job but uh, so that was interesting are there any other statistics that jumped out at you um, I must say, as soon as I hear numbers, I okay. I'm a <laughs> so tell us what I, what do you, what do you teach, Letitia? What do you teach? Uh, I teach uh, literature. Well, I mean, I teach literature. French. You yes. teach French. Well, there you have it. For the numbers, I'm very bad at numbers too. But I'm here since 20 years, and when I first arrived in Lycée Français de Singapore, there were 400 children students all together that means like 400 families all together or a, wow. bit, a bit less so Lots it's smaller. amazing mm. how it grew and how it how it grew fast as well that's true the Very growth of the fast. school this yeah. is my 12th school year and i've been here just over 11 years and i marvel at how few people i recognize when i walk around the primary school or mm. other places i used to feel like i knew everyone and yeah. and i'm meeting new people every day and it's a lot harder to remember names. The trombinoscope is not up to date as it should be at all times. But uh, Don't blame the trombinoscope. It may be age. <laughs> it could be age as well. How long have you been here now, Leticia? Uh, well, it's only my second year here. Okay. So, um, 
quite young in the <laughs> yeah, yes. well you may find it's difficult place to leave uh, you mean uh, Singapore uh, uh, or the school or the school depending on what your goals are yeah well um, I want I wouldn't say it's difficult um, in fact I'm very happy I mean difficult to leave Uh, uh, Not to live. It's very easy (laughs) to live. Sorry about that. That's my pronunciation. It's difficult. uh, It's it's, it's easy to stay here for a long time Mm. because leaving Mm -mm. is is not easy because uh, we like it here. Mm. Yes, definitely. Yes, that's you made it. That's the point you had to make. Yes. So, uh, but I, I'm I'm not about to 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 leave uh-huh. uh, right now. So no, I'm I'm happy to be here, yeah. and I'm yeah discovering many new things. Even the way of uh, of walking is is very different from a small uh, structure. So mm. yeah, communication wise and teaching with yeah. so many different colleagues. Exactly. That's that's the, the little. Um, it's not a drawback. I, I don't have the, the exact word in English, but uh, indeed we are um, a lot of colleagues. We are a lot of teachers, and it's diff- difficult to know all of us. Right. Um, and that's a little frustrating. I mean, like we, we don't get to know that much the teachers of the primary and the, uh, kindergarten. We don't get to see each other a lot. So uh, I guess after twelve years, yeah, you know more how to move around and the, but. Um, as my second year here, I'm just beginning to go on the other side yes. and, and try to meet the people on the other side. So, yeah, it, it takes a little time. Yeah, well, there's a little known secret that they serve steak on Fridays. Exactly, at the so school. that's why so now I'm beginning to go <laughs> <laughs> there on Fridays. <laughs> that is one thing that's getting us to know each other. Um, so is Patricia the first kindergarten teacher that you've uh, met while you've no, been here? No, no, no. no. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> no. Yes, well, that's good. Uh, but well, but yeah? it's the first time that I, I met her. In fact. Yes. yes I, I didn't know her before. Well, she so was one of the first person people I met when I moved to Singapore because we were neighbors. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Well, uh, why don't we shift gears here? I have another a little sound bite for us to listen to. And this is dealing with... Uh, the need for sleep and uh, what our kids are going through, all of our kids, all of our students. And before I start this, I got to ask you guys, um, are you night owls or are you larks? I'm I'm really a lark myself. What 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 is the exact translation of lark? What, what a would lark be? would be an early riser, somebody okay. who's good in the morning. I'm definitely an early riser. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm, I'm I'm an early riser, and I think that's one of the reasons I was led to education because I felt like it's something you had to be. But how about you, Patricia? Are you a lark or an early ri- uh, lark or a night owl? Well, it depends. I'm both. <laughs> For the needs of uh, my job here, of course, you yeah. have to get up early to be ready. Once it starts, it's like uh, going on stage at eight sharp every day I go on stage in the middle of my pupils and uh, um, prior to that I have 10 minutes very intense 10 minutes with the parents so this is also part of the of the job in kindergarten is the communication with the parents and so but during the holidays and over the weekend, I do work um, uh, for my second job because it also needs a lot of energy. So after a a Friday with good sleep, Friday evening, good sleep, Saturday and Sunday, I take my second hat and (laughs) I go out there in Singapore for 
art. Let's give this a listen and you can give me some feedback on, on what you think about this. This is an excerpt from a podcast called uh, Fresh Air with Terry Gross and it's a sleep expert named Matthew Walker. We do a disservice to the owls in society because we think of them as not being productive, as perhaps being a little bit lazy. And we all become owl-like or more owl-like in uh, our teenage years too. And I think that's very difficult because parents will often, you know, pull the covers off the teenager at weekends and say, you know, it's daylight out, it's noon, you're wasting the day. And that's wrong for two reasons. Firstly, again, it's not their fault. It's their biology that wants them to be asleep at that time. But it's more than that because it also turns out that they are trying to sleep off a debt that we have actually saddled them with by way of this incessant model of early school start times. And we have to abandon that attitude. And we also have to change the educational practice as well. This is a current debate in the United States and around the world, and even our school has made changes in start times, uh, perhaps not in the direction that this researcher would like, but uh, I was just wondering, I had questions for you about your school experience when you were younger as students, and also your take on start times as a professional. What do you think, Leticia? Well, I have a lot to say because it's, it's <laughs> this year it's... Um, I'm I'm beginning uh, nearly every day at uh, 7:50. Yeah, 7:50. Yeah. So um, it was one of the things that I was not really happy with, but I cannot say much because in the um, in the kindergarten you also you have no choice. You're beginning early every every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's true that as a child I have the memory of waking up uh, every day at six to take the bus to go to school, and it was a real. Uh, it was very very. It was difficult, it was tiring, and I have the memory of being tired all the time. And, um, well, I'm not sure it's a good thing. Yeah. Um, nevertheless, I still wake up very early because I have other stuff to do in the morning. I love, it's just my time for myself when I go, um, I wake up, I jump out of the bed, and I go running, I go swimming, and after I'm ready to face the day. But if I don't have that the time to do that, then I'm... You know, yeah, grumpy. Uh, yeah. So uh, that's something that is a little bit difficult for me this year. Yeah. I, when I when I meet colleagues from other international schools, they're surprised that our secondary students are starting at 7:50 and sometimes finishing at 6:05 p.m. Mm, yeah. uh, myself, I'd start school at 8 and finish at 2:30 Monday through Friday. When I was in secondary school in the United States, much shorter times. Uh, however, uh, we didn't have the same product at the end. I would say. We have four years of bachelor arts study instead of three because we don't finish at the same level as a, mm. a French kid who gets the back. What do you think, Patricia? You have had experience with both systems. Yes. Can you talk about that? Yes. Um, I remember as uh, Leticia, when I was a child, I remember this uh, six o'clock, which, um, which was, for me, it was cruel, added to the climate added to um, the, the daylight. When I woke up half of the year, it was night, uh, yes. still night. Exactly. Yeah, and I so see. they would start when we were sitting in the classroom already, and it was cold. So when, but um, I recover very quickly. So for me, my, my days were like very uh, dynamic. I, I don't remember being tired. Uh, it was just difficult to get up. And it, 
um, when I went to the States, um, it was amazing how the, the pace of the school really uh, fitted my agenda because at two after lunch, we could go for choir, we could go for orchestra, we could go for all the, uh, what, what here is counted as extra curriculum uh, in the States, it's uh, included in the curriculum and it's so much fun because then you meet, uh, you get to meet other students who are alike and uh, who like the same things and work together really as a team and not uh, a, a com in a competition as in a classroom against each other. Sure. And this was very fun. Well, the research has shown that uh, later start times for teenagers is recommended. Um, I was lucky to work in a school that had later start times in the United States. Uh, we had a 9 o'clock start time for high school kids, but that meant it had a later finishing time as well. So my last class of the day, half the class would be gone because they'd be going to sports events, and they were excused. So I had found myself helping half the class catch up, which can be frustrating, I'm mm -hmm. sure, as well. Well, let's take a short break and listen to a, a schoolhouse classic. And while you're listening, I'd like you to think about what your favorite school song is. Open the morning and out to school. The teacher is teaching the golden rule. American history and practical math. You study them hard and hoping to pass. Working your fingers right down to the bone The guy behind you won't leave you alone Ring, ring goes the bell The cook in the lunchroom's ready to sell You're lucky if you can find a seat You're fortunate if you have time to eat Back in the classroom, open your books Keep it the teacher don't know I mean she looks rolls around You finally lay your burden down Close up your books, get out of your seat Down the halls and into the street Up to the corner and round the bend Right to the juke joint you go in Drop the coin right into the slot You gotta hear something that's really hot with the one you love, you're making romance All day long you've been wanting to dance Feeling the music from head to toe Round and round and round you go All right. You are listening to Parcours Ed. Parcours Ed. Sorry, my French accent slipped in there. Uh, we are talking uh, with several guests today, and the purpose of this 
the purpose of this podcast is to find out what we all have in common as teachers here at the French School and also talk about maybe some of our differences, our past experiences, and how we got here. What was our parcours to get here? So anybody want to pick that up? We, we heard from Julie. Did we hear from you, Patricia, yet? Not yet. Well, how about we hear from you? How did you end up at the LFS? All um, of 20 years ago? Yes, in 97. So it started in 96. We were in Ile de la Réunion, Reunion Island. So usually when people frown and say, oh, where is that? Uh, it's uh, not a French meeting. It's an island next to Mauritius. So I was a headmaster there, and I had the first uh, computer program for education uh, system. And so what happened is my neighbors uh, purchased uh, the first um, individual computer for wow. the private home. And so we went all to visit and admire the equipment. And so we switched it on. And I was the only one knowing uh, an address, an email address. Actually, it was not an email address. It was m more a website, yeah. uh, HTTP one. Right. And so I... I I knew the one I used at work, so I I typed it and we played. And the game was so I opened the educational uh, the the educational website from the uh, Ministry of Education in France, and and so I looked at, at the different um, windows, and there was a window like uh, uh, find a job in a foreign country, and I just filled it up, but there was. Honestly, I did not uh, imagine that there was someone at the other end, and I received <laughs> I received an envelope a few months later. That's we did not know why we received this envelope. I was like, "Oh my God, I did something wrong, or what? What's going so on?" Because it was an unofficial. And in stamp. fact, yeah. yes, I I received the the form and and I filled it up. And here we are. And all thanks to the internet. We oui. the the, oui. the newborn oui. internet at the time. Yes. That's a great story. Yeah. Thanks Incredible for sharing that. Incredible story. Yeah. And what brought you to this fine island, uh, mm. Leticia? Well, in fact, um, we've been uh, walking and traveling around the world with my family since now, uh, well, for uh, nearly ten years. Okay. More in the Middle East, and uh, so. Uh, four years ago, my husband got to work in uh, Indonesia and then uh, in Singapore. So we came here to, um, to join him. Uh -huh. and, uh, and yeah, w I was looking for a job as a uh, French as a foreign language. Yes. Because that's what I used to do before. And um, Me too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. You said it. <laughs> so, you know, we could have been colleague uh, yeah, <laughs> in another, in right. another world. <laughs> and yeah, so I, I I I got a job here initially to to replace someone, and then I stayed. Well, great, mm. and we are lucky you did. Um, we wouldn't be having this conversation without that. Um, well, we're coming close to the end of our time here today, but I forgot to ask you, what school song jumps to mind when you think of music and school? We heard a little bit from Chuck Berry school days. Anybody have another one we can offer up in English, French, Spanish, Chinese, any song we might have heard of? Well, m m mine is going to be really, how do you say that in English? I don't know, but really uh, 
old age. Uh, I remember when I was in a CMA, uh, our teacher uh, left, and so we sang for her, Adieu, Monsieur le Professeur. And this song, like she was crying, and this song is still <laughs> making me cry. Everybody is crying <laughs> when you hear It's a very old song. <laughs> but Adieu, Monsieur le Professeur. Adieu, Monsieur le Professeur. Nous ne vous oublierons jamais. Oh, that Stop, sounds I'm lovely. Gonna cry. <laughs> I think I think we'll be listening to it soon with a little bit of post-production editing. Okay, great. <laughs> Patricia, do you have one that jumps to mind? Yes, in '62, Sheila, l'école est finie, and so that was so cool because uh, it was my first year of kindergarten, and so yeah, it was um, uh, at this time. Uh, real life and music uh, was the same thing and so there were not so many artists and she became uh, internationally known but um, at that time we had the 45 tour record at home uh -huh. and And it was so, for me, it was fantastic to see something, to hear something from my everyday life and danced by my family. My mother was a rock and roll wow. champion. So we had uh, dancing sessions and that was a lot of fun. Oh, that yeah. sounds great. Voilà. Well, music is a big part of our lives and a big part of teaching. And with that, we're going to listen one more time to Lolo Bosa which is actually the song that was sampled to make our class dismissal bell. My name is Colin Daly. I'm here with Patricia, Leticia, and, and Julie, who has left a bit early. And I'd just like to thank you all for coming. And thank I you. hope you'll join us again in our next installment. And for those of you who are out there listening, please uh, give us your feedback. And if you enjoyed this program, share it with your friends. Uh, this is Colin Daly, and I will say goodbye for now. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.